Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, July 13th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. What an all-star game can do for a struggling city. Plus, Felix Salmon's solution for the nationwide problem of deer overpopulation. But first, today's one big thing. The crisis and the mystery deepen in Haiti. A Haitian doctor with ties to Florida was arrested yesterday as a suspected leader in the plot to assassinate Haitian President Juvenel Moise. International teams have been arriving on the scene in Port-au-Prince to help in the investigation into the murder, while the country's political crisis is growing. I called a former colleague of mine from the Miami Herald for more. Jacqueline Charles is a longtime Caribbean correspondent, and she spoke to us from the streets of Port-au-Prince. I asked her what we know about U.S. involvement in the crisis right now. Well, at this point, we know that the acting Haitian prime minister, Claude Joseph, has requested additional help, both in terms of troops. Uh, So there was a team that arrived um, over the weekend, along with a delegation from the State Department, Department of Justice and National Security Council, which were addressing the political side of this issue. But this other team came in to do an evaluation of Haiti security as it relates to the airport, the seaport and meeting with the police. We know that Haiti has had huge insecurity issues the police are overwhelmed. They've also requested help in terms of the FBI to assist with the investigation. There is a team from Colombia that includes Interpol police officers who are helping put together the pieces of this puzzle and identifying who these individuals are, what was their purpose, when did they come into Haiti, who paid for their flight, and what exactly was their marching orders. There's a lot of questions here, Jackie. What are you watching for this week? more information to help us get down to the bottom of this huge mystery. How does somebody enter the president's private residence where he is guarded by members of his security detail, gain access not just to the grounds, but to the house and then to his bedroom? We're also looking to see what's happening here in Haiti. I mean, today we have three different individuals that are vying to take charge of this country. So, The Constitution does not have a provision for what happens when a president dies, is killed, or leaves office, and parliament does not exist. So, you know, that is why we had this delegation from the State Department, Department of Justice, as well as from the NSC that arrived to meet with all three of these political figures and to try to figure out, hey, can you guys come together and and come to a consensus? This is a country that's already volatile, that was already dealing with a number of different crises. We've got COVID, there's still not a vaccine available in Haiti and the numbers are going up. There's a humanitarian crisis, there's a malnutrition crisis, and of course, it's a political, social, economic, constitutional crisis. And everybody wants to avoid having any of those crises deepen, widen, and where you're in a situation in Haiti where it, it's even more unlivable for the people you know that are here. Jacqueline Charles of the Miami Herald. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Just 50 miles of ocean separate Haiti from another Caribbean country in turmoil. In Cuba, thousands have been in the streets over the last few days, all over the country, protesting an economic crisis that's led to food and medicine shortages. The pandemic has made the situation more dire, and President Miguel Diaz-Canal told the country in a televised address that he blamed the U.S. Here's what President Biden said yesterday. 
I don't think we've seen anything like this protest uh, in a long, long time, if, if quite frankly, ever. Um, and the United States stands firmly with the people of Cuba as they assert their universal rights. We'll have more on this story tomorrow. In 15 seconds, we're back with the Mile High City's high hopes for the All-Star Game. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. Major League Baseball's All-Star Game is today in Denver, and local officials are hoping the game is the economic shot in the arm the city needs to recover from the past year. Denver isn't the only city hoping a big event like this will help them. But John Frank, who writes the Axios Denver newsletter, says we've got to temper expectations. Good morning, John. Good morning. First, how is the city preparing for the game? Well, the city didn't have much time to prepare because just back earlier this spring is when Major League Baseball decided to move it to Denver from Atlanta. But what we're seeing on the ground is a mass mobilization to get all these events together. Do we know how much it's cost the city to get ready for all of this? We still don't have those estimates. And that's a big number to keep in mind because you have to almost deduct that in a way from the economic incentives that come from the game. When you talk to economic experts, they'll tell you that these games don't necessarily bring in as much money or tourism as you might expect. For instance, a a decade-old study that looked at Major League All-Star Games found they didn't boost employment in their host cities and only did a little bit when it came to tourism dollars. And that's in part because it costs the city. And also the fact that we would have had visitors here in Denver that weekend anyway. Could an event like this help in any way with long-term recovery? That's what the mayor is hoping. He sees this as a moment for the city to really shine. And he's even suggesting we'll see a long-term tourism boost because the people that are here this weekend will want to come back. He really sees this as a, a big moment to move Denver past the pandemic and fill up downtown, which has been slow to recover because workers aren't coming back and because we're not seeing the tourists that we originally were hoping for. Axios Denver's John Frank. Thanks, John. Thank you. It's the ever-famous Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. But if we're talking about deadly animals, did you know that deer are actually the deadliest in America? They're the cause of death for about 200 Americans a year in collision with cars, and another 30,000 are injured. Our own Felix Salmon says this isn't just a tragedy. It's a market failure, and he has a solution for us. Good morning, Felix. Good morning, Nyla. Did you have venison for breakfast this morning? I did not have venison. I do not eat a lot of meat. But Felix, I think we should start this conversation with a disclaimer. I don't know that we can talk about journalistic impartiality for you when it comes to deer. What, just because I call them rats with legs? Just because of that, yes. Well, they are pests, right? They are generally agreed to be pests. Environmentalists hate them. Gardeners hate them. They just eat uh, all of the natural undergrowth, which is where all the natural songbirds live. They eat your vegetable gardens. They eat your saplings. So if you want to grow trees to absorb carbon and save the planet, you hate deer. There's really no like reason to like deer, except that they are actually extremely tasty. <laughs> is that your proposed solution? Yes. We, should, we shouldn't let them run around running into cars and killing people. Instead, we should eat them. But why isn't wild deer or venison widely sold in the U.S.? Just as a serious market question. You can shoot a deer and eat it, but 
What you can't do is sell it. We have people across America who have like massive chest freezers full of wild game that they shot, but we just don't have a market in it. And that's why it's a market failure. If you buy venison in America, it is going to be kind of bland, tasteless stuff that was raised on a farm. Can you imagine anything crazier than raising deer on a farm to turn into venison? They, they are infesting half of the country. We need fewer of them. The last thing we need is to raise them on farms. Axios has chief financial correspondent Felix Salmon with his market solution for deer. Thanks, Felix. Thanks, Nyla. That's it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com. You can message me on Twitter or you can text me feedback and story ideas to 212-918-4893. That number is also in our show notes. If you have a minute to leave us a review on Apple, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people find our podcast. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.